0: welcome back into the tide talk podcast stacy blackwood with jake thomas and with our newest addition to the tide talk family ricky green guys how y'all doing
1: doing good ricky how
2: you doing, doing buddy doing well doing well just sitting here ready to talk some alabama football i think we'll get into some basketball stuff too so i'm i'm excited
1: yeah ricky we're, we're excited to have you on on board buddy and uh, uh i'm gonna start off with a with a bang here um you know the big elephant in the room that was going to be uh, this spring was the, of course, the addition to the quarterback. Um, you know, rotation was going to be, you know, Bryce Young. My my feeling was that you know, Saban loves, um, you know, he loves experienced players. So I believe that Mac would have won overall. But but, do you think Mac would would have stayed the start of the whole season, or or you think Bryce would have come in there? eventually
2: i believe like you you know sometimes nick saban during his tenure at alabama has been loyal to older players even almost to a fault at times Mm -hmm. you know there's been some times recently like when Hootie jones was getting a lot of playing time when a lot of alabama fans were like hey we got a better safety behind him he's younger but you know so i think that mac jones would have been the starter at least initially to start and i think that his leash may have been a little bit shorter had Bryce gotten here and gotten to go through the spring and, and do some things with the team. Bryce Young's a different cat now. He's uh, one of the only quarterback recruits that I've ever heard of that called his own offense his senior year in high school. That's impressive. That's so, amazing. To be able to do that is uh, just kind of some next-level stuff. And I, I still don't think that Bryce would have outright beaten Mac out I think that it could have even gotten to a point where there were some packages drawn up for Bryce <clears throat> with his mobility <clears throat> and his ability to extend plays with his legs. I think that we may have seen Bryce, but I do think that not having any football stuff for the entire spring would definitely at least initially set Bryce back a little bit. I mean, it has to. Coming yeah. from high school to college is, you know, just like going from college to the NFL almost when you're talking about the talent increase. So it, it's definitely, there'll be a curve there. But Bryce is, like I said, he's a different animal. He's going to come in and compete like he's trying to win that starting job. Um, I actually heard recently he was out in California uh, throwing with Juju Smith Schuster and a couple of other NFL guys getting some reps in. So, He's a uh, he. He's the real deal for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know uh, that kind of leads into what we're going to be talking about most of the podcast tonight. But you know, real quick for the people who hadn't listened already a couple days ago, you you gave a quick I don't know it was five to ten minute uh, rundown of, of this year's defense and what you expect uh from the 2020 defensive unit so just kind of quickly for for the people who didn't get to hear it just a uh, you ain't got to go into the details you did the day just a quick rundown of the defense and what you're expecting this year
2: well you know i think i could sum it all up as far as why i believe this defense will be back to what we're accustomed to this season with the old saying iron sharpens iron Um, we've seen the past couple of years, whether it was due to injuries or just lack of depth at some positions overall, you don't have that same level of competition day in and day out at practice. The guys behind you are pushing the guys ahead of them to get better. And those guys that are up at the front of those lines, they got to know that there's a young cat back here nipping at my heels, man, I've got to get to it. We haven't really had a lot of that in Tuscaloosa the past couple of seasons. And this 2020 class and some of these guys that are coming in are going to probably be lighting some fire under the rear ends of some of these guys that have been here a year or two. And I think that that is the most important thing going into this season for Alabama's defense is that now we have that solid mix of veterans that have in-game experience. You can't oversell how important that is. And then these young guys coming in, Will Anderson, Drew Sanders, Brown Branch, the safety out of Georgia. Uh, Some of these kids are coming to play ball now. So I think that that competition, day in and day out, is what's going to bring this defense and put it back to that championship-level defense that we've all gotten so used to.
0: Man, I'm fired up right now. I'm I'm ready for the season. I'm (laughs) telling you. (laughs) You know, and, and that's something that Saban Saban talked about so much last year, and, and I'm sure it's going to be the message again this summer. Is is getting back to the, you know the Bama way or the Bama factor, and and I know that that kind of is for the whole team, but but to me, when you when you think about Alabama, especially under Nick Saban, you think about defense, and you think about how tough it is to to move the ball and how tough it is to score and. Uh, I'm excited to, to hopefully, and, and, and I I feel just like you, I feel like this year uh, the defense is going to get back to the, to the old Bama ways and uh, things are not going to be easy on, on that side
2: of the ball for opponents. I mean, if you're an offensive coordinator for the opposing team, it's really a situation where you find yourself saying, what do I do? How do I attack this? We've got guys at every level this year, y'all. I'm talking about defensive line that's two and three deep. We haven't had that since 2015, 2016. Um, An All-American middle linebacker next to a guy that's no doubt going to be a stud, Christian Harris and Dylan Moses. Defensive backs are right up to par with some of the best that we've had come through here. Uh, Battle and Daniel Wright will probably be our safeties. We've got – Patrick Sertain, Jr. on the boundary. I mean, it's just a – it's kind of a pick-your-poison type deal if you're an offensive coordinator staring down the teeth at this Bama defense.
1: Yo, absolutely, man. Um, I'm excited for the season. Um, Another uh, question I have – I know we're jumping around here, but uh, I know you said you want to talk a little bit more on the offensive side since you already talked about the defense. So, my question is – Wide receiver wise, I know we we lost two really really good uh, mm. talent wideouts, wide and um, you know we got a lot of talent back there still. You know we we've seen glimpses a little bit of uh, Mechie. Uh, I think we've seen him in the spring game. I don't think he played much in the year, but um, you know he's going to be really good. But a lot of people was talking about Shavers. I mean, I think he's going to be be a stud this year. And of course, uh, we still got Waddle as well. So how do you feel about the about the wideouts?
2: Well, Tyrell Shavers is one of those guys with his skill set. You just know that Dabo Sweeney would love to have him at Clemson. six mm-hmm. runs a four four can jump out of the gym. He's one of those kind. I don't know why he hasn't been able to break this rotation really so far, but mm-hmm. if he can, he can be dangerous, especially in the red zone and on those 50-50 balls. I mean, he's a he's a threat with his size and his speed, no doubt. Um, you mentioned John Michi, um good friend of mine steven smith over at touchdown alabama magazine he calls john mitchy calvin ridley's canadian son so he's just super high on john mitchy he said that he is that good of a route runner he gets separation like ridley did not necessarily because he's the fastest guy on the field but he's just so detail oriented in everything he does he creates space through technicalities really just the way he plays the position I'll tell you a name that you don't hear anything about, but when you ask the guys that are on the team and people around the program, people say Slay Bolton.
1: Yeah, for
2: sure. I mean, this kid was the, you know, Louisiana Gatorade State Player of the Year. Um, I mean, I I even had a couple of the guys that are on the team right now compare him to a Julian Edelman type. So, you know, if you can get – Compared to one of Tom Brady's all-time favorite targets, you got to be doing something right. Without yeah, a
0: there's definitely a, a, a lot of depth there at the wide wide receiver position, but outside of of Waddle, it's just the the the, the experience is just not there. So it's it's going to be a, a good thing to follow this fall. Is is how that depth uh, is made there at the wide receiver. Of course, we know what Waddle can do and, and, you know, part of his biggest threat is obviously in special teams in the return game. I don't know that I've ever seen somebody as electrifying in the return game as Jalen Waddle. He is he is unbelievable in the return game. But that's, that's something we can, the special teams is something we can talk about another day. Uh, but you're dead it, on there.
2: I mean, he's almost like Javier Arenas, like you hold yeah, your breath absolutely. every time he's back there for the kick. Every time, yeah, it's unbelievable, but
0: uh, kind of sticking with the offense, uh, let's and Jake's already mentioned the quarterbacks, of course, Mac Jones and and, uh, Bryce Young are are the two main guys, uh, and then you have you know, little Tua and and, then a couple other guys, but really it's going to be between Mac and and Bryce, and uh, you kind of already spoke on that, but of course, we got the big Najee Harris coming back this year, that was. Honestly, I was kind of surprised. He, he had a really good season last year as a junior, rushing for over 1,200 yards, and he was able to show what kind of receiver he can be out of the backfield, and he was really dangerous in that. Uh, of course, Brian Robinson is going to be back, and then they signed three running backs uh, You know, this, this, this recruiting cycle to go along with guys like Keelan Robinson. and uh, there, There's a lot of depth there at the running back position as well. So just kind of talk about
2: what you're expecting from the, from the running back rotation this year. Well, I can kind of see this going one of two ways, to be honest with you. The way Najee Harris looked towards the end of the season last year in particular, there were a couple of games there towards the end of the year <clears throat> where you weren't stopping him, and it didn't matter what you did. I mean, that seeing him run through Michigan's defense the way he did, and and even against some of our, you know, better defensive opponents, Auburn and that big defensive line they had, Najee was still doing his thing. So. Yeah. One of two ways. If Najee comes out against USC and has a hot hand and rushes for 125, 135 yards and a couple touchdowns, this whole offense might be the Najee Harris show. I mean, it it just – we haven't had a guy that can take 25, 26, 27, carries a game and be able to handle that load – physically, since Derrick Henry. And Najee is capable of carrying that if he needs to. Do I think that that's what the offense will be? Mm, Probably not, but there's a chance. If Najee comes out hot, I don't see why we don't ride him, you know, and and just see where it goes, having a new quarterback and all. It's just, you know, a quarterback's best friend is a solid run game. So, Um, but I think we'll kind of see the rotation. You've got – like you mentioned, the, the local boy there um, is going to be back this year. He'll be in the backfield with Najee. Then we've got uh, Trey Sanders is somebody that I think will probably be uh, second on the – we won't say depth chart, saving freaks out – second on the rep chart. I don't want to yeah. get cussed by Nick someday. <laughs> yeah. I had that saying <laughs> the wrong thing. So, um, right. rep chart. But he could really be 1B. He's that good. He He could – he, he, he could take carries from Najee. I mean, he's that kind of an athlete. He's just different. He's special. And if he comes back from injury and is anything like he was prior to injury, then he'll definitely, by midseason, I would say at least be second in terms of rushing on the team. Um, and then Keelan Robinson is somebody that I like a lot too. I mean, he's a different – kind of running back. He's probably the closest thing to a Kenyon Drake type that we have right now. And I think that there'll be a a niche for him in this offense, uh, taking some passes out of the backfield and and some screens and stuff. Once you get the ball in his hands, he's small in stature, but he's fast as lightning, and and he's somebody that can take it to the house. So – we, we've got options. There's no doubt. I think one of the best recruiting jobs Nick Saban did is getting all these running backs to stay. I mean, we've got seven scholarship running backs that could probably start at most other schools. Yeah, that
0: that is crazy to think about.
2: Absolutely, that's a, that's a crazy number. And then you know, if you're talking about running backs, you got to talk about the offensive line. If, oh, yeah. if you don't have an offensive line, don't matter who you're handing it to. The good news for Alabama is I think anything short of a Joe Moore award this season for this line that's going to be in Tuscaloosa will be a disappointment. I mean, these guys are big and bad. And if they gel together just right, it could be something special.
1: Oh, Absolutely. You know, I was going to say this is, uh, this has got to be one of the the deepest teams that Saban's had in, in in a while. I mean, everybody's, you know, two, three deep at every position pretty much. Um, and, um, you know, I, I don't want to say that it's a weakness per se, but, you know, uh, tight end-wise, how you know, you kind of feel like offensively that's going to be our weak point. but we still got really good talent there. Uh, how do you well, see the tight ends playing out?
2: You know, if you look back through Nick Saban's tenure at Alabama, the years when Alabama was the best, we had a tight end – that was a threat catching the ball and was a heck of a blocker, even all the way back to, you know, our H back days. And then Colin peak and big Mike Williams uh, recently, OJ Howard and Irv Smith jr. When we're the best offensively, we have a complete tight end and you're correct in saying weakness. I mean, we just haven't had that the past couple of seasons. Um, but Jaleel Billingsley, That kid has really impressed me what little we saw of him last year. And, you know, we got him. We got the transfer out of North Carolina. uh, Tucker, I believe, is his last name. He's somebody that was really versatile when he was at UNC. They flexed him out wide. He's a really good blocker. He's like 6'3", 6'4", 260 pounds, so he's a big boy. Um, I think the tight end position can kind of go from being a weakness to – almost a strength this year especially uh when it comes to paving the way for that run game with some of these thicker guys that we have on campus now
0: yeah the, the billingsley kid he uh he uh he started impressing me i don't know it was probably around the uh I, it was past the halfway point early in the season you could tell that when he was in the blocking was not his strong suit but as the right. year went on he was he was starting to figure things out and of course that does that that type of stuff you know when he was in high school he could just uh, overpower everybody he played but it's a little different ballgame game in the sec but he he was really starting to turn the corner late in the year and you know i'm sure he's put on some weight this off season. and He's obviously got the athleticism that you know to match somebody like Irv Smith or OJ Howard. Uh, just needed to add on some weight and, and just a little more experience. And I think uh, I think he can be a really good SEC tight end. So I'm looking forward to seeing his development as well as the the Tucker kid that is transferred in from from North Carolina. Uh, and, and and you brought him up just a few minutes ago. The offensive line. Uh, you know, we can talk all day about all these skill players, but if you don't have a a line that you can depend on up front. Uh, you can you can uh, you can just throw all the other guys out. So uh, I know you you said that a, that a Joe Moore Award is is what you're expecting from this unit. But as far as the 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 way the the team lines up on the offensive front, how how do you kind
2: of see that 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 playing out? I think you'll see two groups at least uh, to open camp. Uh, two possible ways it can go, again, the way I'm looking at it. A lot of people talk and you hear about Leatherwood at left tackle um, and then having Emil Ecuor at left guard, Landon Dickerson at center. We would then have Deontay Brown at right guard and have Evan Neal out at right tackle, which if that's what it winds up being, I mean, it doesn't really get much more solid than that. Looking around the SEC, you're not going to see a whole lot of offensive lines where you could just say that's clearly better than what we have. Um, but I think that the interesting battle o- along that offensive line will be kind of if Darian Dalcourt can step in at center and take that role and allow us to move Dickerson to his more natural position out at right tackle. Um Evan Neal played guard last year. He's familiar with it. He improved quite a bit at guard throughout the season. So I think one more year at guard wouldn't necessarily hurt Evan. And I think it could actually help the offensive line as a whole. Um, Just being tight, you know, Dickerson struggled some with some snap counts and stuff last year. I just think that that would be – eventually it's going to be Court at center anyways – so knowing that, I think just go ahead and let's put it out there and see where we go with it.
0: You know, that's a, that's an interesting point. Uh, you know, Dowcourt he got some snaps even early on the year when when Chris Owens was kind of struggling and kind of dealing with some injuries, and uh, until you know Dickerson kind of found his way in there at the center position. But he's obviously a guy that the coaching staff has a lot of confidence in. I think last year probably what held him back most was. Was was his weight? He just wasn't quite big enough to to be able to handle an SEC, uh, you know the, the 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 strength along the defensive line that that comes with the SEC. So a whole season of that probably would have been rough on somebody that was you
2: know what what about two ninety 290, two ninety five. I'm yeah, sure when you're staring he, across at a three hundred twenty pound nose guard and you're two eighty seven soaking wet, that can be a little intimidating. Right. So yeah.
0: I I imagine that's the biggest reason he probably didn't make a bigger impact last year as a freshman. And, and I'm kind of with you. I, it's going to be hard to keep him off of the field. I, and, you know, we've we've all talked off air and we're all really high on down court. Uh, me and Jake talked about him a lot last last year and and how we were excited to kind of see what happens with him in the future. So uh, we could definitely see that happening up front. Uh, but, you know, you got to keep guys like Evan Neal uh, in there. I, I, I think Evan Neal has a chance to be the best offensive lineman that Saban has coached at Alabama, as far as talent-wise. I'm not saying he's going to have all the accolades that guys like Barrett Jones had or something like that, but as far as just the talent, I think Evan Neal has a chance to be one of the most talented players that that Saban's coached on the offensive line. Well, you can't teach
2: six foot eight and 350 pounds. I promise you that. And when it moves the way (laughs) Evan can move it, there's something real to that. There's something special. I think Evan Neal will eventually be – the guy that replaces Alex Leatherwood at left tackle and maybe even takes that left tackle position to another level after Leatherwood's gone. So I think you're right about Evan Neal 100%. Well,
0: I think that, that covers the, the offense, don't it, guys?
2: <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty yep, solid. Pretty much. I mean, it, it is uh, – it's looking up, man. You know, we've had all this coronavirus stuff lately. God knows we've all heard enough about it. It just feels good to get back to talking a little football again, man. It's uh the world needs college football, or at least You're I right. know I do.
0: You're right, man. I'm I'm telling you. And you know, when when all this started, uh Jake and myself decided, hey, we're gonna keep doing the podcast even though there's no sports going on because I mean people people need an out from all this coronavirus talk and all this uh social distancing and, and all that. I mean, I and you know, I don't wanna act like we're taking it lightly, but I mean life does have to go on and you got to, you got to do some of the things that you enjoy doing. And I know, I know we love Alabama athletics and sports in general. And I know there's a lot of, a a lot of other people out there that, that feel like we do. So uh, we decided that we're going to keep doing the podcast and staying active on Twitter. And, uh, you know, even since that time we've added you and, and Lane to the team and uh, we're we're excited about the future of of the podcast and of tide talk and, and what you and Lane can bring to us. And uh, so we're we're happy to have you on board, and we're happy to be talking to some Alabama football.
2: Man, I'm excited to be with you guys. I think that uh, the potential for growth is is just whatever you guys want it to be at this point. Um, Like you said, people need an out, and absolutely not taking it lightly. But just, you know, here at my house, I believe in humanity. I just believe in people. We've all been tried time after time after time. You know, the the storms that rolled through Tuscaloosa that April, uh, you know, almost crippled the city. And the resiliency that they showed coming back from that. I mean, we're going to get knocked down, things happen, whatever. But I just believe in people. I think that eventually we'll get back to normal. Football will be back in the fall and everything will be good again. So I'm just glad to be here and excited to, be a part of the Time talk podcast team and looking forward to many more great talks with you guys.
1: Heck yeah. A- absolutely.
0: Hey, Hey, and before we go, I do want to mention a little bit about, you know, uh, Bama hoops. It's been a really good week for the, for the men's basketball team. they picked up a oh, couple of commitments. Tom. I mean, they, they got a, they got the number three Juco player. I believe it was Sunday when he committed and Keon Ellis, he's a, he's a big wing guard at six foot six and, and then yesterday, of course, we got a commitment from uh, from Darius Miles, another four star guy uh, that's that's long and, and athletic, and 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 dude, that dude has got a silky smooth left handed jump shot. I don't know if y'all have got a chance to watch much on him, but that dude can shoot the ball, and it's silky smooth left handed, much like uh, Jaden Shackelford. So just a bigger Jaden Shackelford. So it, it, and if he can come in and, and do what Shaq done as a freshman, that's that's going to be a big time, and 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 the team that that Nate Oates is, is building. I know, I know he's got a lot of guys remaining on the team from last year, but you know, right, right now there's five guys in the class. When you talk, you know, Keon Ambrose Hilton, then of course the big, big name guys, Josh Primo, the, the five-star uh, guard who's cool. in, in all accounts to me is probably going to be a one and done guy. Uh, yeah. He is going to, he is going to be an incredible basketball player. Uh, then of course I mentioned Darius miles and Keon Ellis. And, and of course there's a couple of, of, transfers that are in the portal portal right now that the album is looking strong at. So Uh, I've got a little
2: Jordan Bruner news for you guys. Just a few minutes before uh, we started the podcast tonight, one of my trusted basketball guys um, told me that Jordan Bruner has pretty much officially decided that the NBA is out of it and that he is down to Alabama and Baylor. And it's looking really, really good for it. Can, Can you imagine what a class this will be? Yeah, Nate Oates and Brian Hodgson can add Jordan Bruner. I mean, uh, uh, Josh Primo, Jaden Shackelford backcourt with a big guy like Bruner—that's mm. that's just unreal. Mm.
0: That's hey uh, it, it is, and hey, in, in you kind of got to include guys like JQ and Jawan Gary and James Rojas in this class as well because they didn't see any action last year because of you know being ineligible or being injured. So it's the, the, the new guys on next year's team are, I, I mean, they're as good as what any any coach is going to be accumulating. I mean, you know, outside of guys like Duke and Kentucky. I mean, that's just uh, – the team is going to be loaded, and it's, it's exciting to see what, what Oates is building down there in
2: Tuscaloosa. I get excited about all Alabama athletics, whether it's basketball, baseball, softball, whatever, but, man, it would be so good – to have a top tier basketball program to fall into as you wind down out of football season, we just have not had that in a long time, guys. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I I
0: think I think Oates is Jake and myself have beat beat the dead horse, but we believe in Nate Oates. We we truly believe he's the guy who's going to you know deliver us from the from the state of. I, I don't know. We've been middle of the road for, what, 10 or <laughs> 12 years now? The state of Avery now.
2: Johnson and Mark <laughs> Gottfried and whatever else. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: It's, we're, we're ready to be to be up there with, with teams like, uh, you know, competing for the SEC. I mean, there's there's no reason why Alabama cannot compete None. for SEC championships in basketball. So we are looking forward to that. And as, as we get ready to wind things down here, uh, I, I know we've talked about how we've added you and Lane, Uh, To our team. And I I just want you to kind of give some of our listeners an idea of what they can expect from you as a part of our team.
2: Well, you know, my biggest thing has always been football recruiting, particularly when it comes to the University of Alabama. Started following recruiting closely back in the scout.com and rival.com days and decided way back then that this was something that I love and something I really wanted to focus on trying to follow and grow some some contacts in so i get a lot of recruiting stuff i'm really excited to bring you guys all of that but just alabama athletics in general football and basketball i'm not necessarily the most versed when it comes to our baseball team and softball team but that doesn't mean i don't support them 100% i just uh, football recruiting and and you know primarily and then our alabama football uh, just team related stuff is really just about what I like to do, man, and I'll always uh, do my best to, to get you guys the news as it comes. I think people, the more they start to tune in to the Tide Talk podcast and see what you guys are doing, we start getting some of these written pieces out. We'll start bringing some stuff to the fans that they typically wouldn't get uh, unless they were paying a subscription somewhere. So Absolutely. that's what I'm looking forward to, bridging that gap and giving the the casual fan a chance to become more than just a casual fan and closely follow what's going on at the university that we all love so much.
0: Hey, we love it, Ricky. We're proud to have you, man. Yeah, man. Excited. Jake, you got anything to add, buddy, before we head out?
1: Man, I'm just, you know, I'm just thankful, um, you know, that I I have a feeling that, like Ricky said, you know, come fall, we are going to have football back. And it's just a sudden time uh to be an Alabama fan in all sports. I mean, um everybody knows what the baseball team was doing before um uh, before the, the, mm. the virus hit. Everybody knows what the softball team started started picking it up. Um, uh, but I mean a- every sc- every sport at Alabama is pretty much, you know, a-, a national contending team or is going to get there at some point. So I have no doubts about that. But Ricky, it's great to have you here, and uh, and Wayne as well. Uh, we're going to get him on, maybe have him on, and then have you both on uh, in the future. We're also going to have a lot in the future for, for our, our fans as well, uh, like you said, Ricky. So I'm excited. It, it's good to be – it's great to be an Alabama fan, and it's great to be on the Tide Talk team.
2: No doubt about it. And I, I want to go ahead and mention, too, real quick, just to go ahead and get it in everybody's minds, our written content we will be doing that through uh, Pipeline dot c o p y p e line dot c o so I, that's where as far as i know that's where they'll be finding all of our written content soon absolutely hey before we go let's let's
0: let everybody know where they can follow us at you can follow me stacy blackwood at blackwood 89
1: i'm at Jake thomas Tide.
2: and i'm at bama rlg one half of the bama bros y'all follow us on twitter and we'll see you there
0: Absolutely, and be- and make sure you follow our podcast Twitter feed at Tide Talk underscore Pod. All right, guys. Hey, y'all. Have a good night. Roll Tide. Roll,
2: Roll Tide. tide.